Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The big decision announced by the federal government this week, a decision that many Canadians, many allies of Canada have been waiting a long time to hear. Was Canada going to allow Huawei, the Chinese telecom company Huawei, to be a part of building up 5G networks in Canada? A lot of concern, obviously, about the company's ties to the Chinese government. We saw in the Meng Wanzhou situation just how important Huawei is to the Chinese government. What were the implications of allowing them in the back door, essentially, uh, to these 5G networks we're going to be building up in this country? And especially from an American perspective, how intertwined telecommunications are between our two countries. They've already made a decision on Huawei. What would the Americans have made of a decision to allow Huawei in? So we've all been waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, that decision came down this week. Huawei, along with another Chinese telecom company, ZTE, will indeed be banned from building Canada's 5G networks. This was the prime minister defending the decision and the time it took to make a decision. We took the time. Uh, to carefully analyze the situation, to look at all sorts of factors, uh, to look very closely at what our allies and partners were doing around the world in regards to telecommunications safety. And we uh, made the decision to move forward uh, in a way that will ensure the safety of Canadians as the world moves towards 5G, which will surround us even more. What's the right decision? Uh, maybe took longer than it should have, but the right decision. Now, certainly, I think we can also expect some kind of a response from the Chinese government. But joining us to talk more about why this was the right decision, what the implications are of how long it took us to make that decision. Very pleased to welcome to the program here today, Balkan Devlin. Uh, he's a senior fellow at the McDonald Laurier Institute, also an adjunct professor at the Norman Patterson School of International Affairs at Carleton University. Professor Devlin, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, so let me get your reaction. I mean, I, I think this was the right decision, obviously. I think we expected this to be the decision, but until it's made, I guess we didn't really know for sure, did we? Uh, exactly. And, you know, I mean, we, we were very late to the party when they're, you know, we just arrived when they're finally clearing the table. Mm -hmm. uh, better late than never, I suppose. But we were very late to the party. Uh, at least the decision was, uh, was, was finally taken. So it's, you know, obviously and absolutely the right decision. Uh, the, the the trouble is, of course, why we were this 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 late, and not only sort of Canadians are asking the question, but I'm pretty sure our allies are also asking the question: Why Canada is is the laggard uh, on this particular issue? For people maybe don't you know understand the, the the issues at play here. Talk about why this needed to be the decision, the the threat potentially posed by Huawei, or at least you know the connections to the Chinese government, the potential followed from our own allies if we were to go a different path. Why did this need to be the decision? I mean, there are two things that one uh, one need to really <clears throat> excuse me, pay attention to uh, why uh, this is, is is a monumentous decision and a very important one that we should have taken, uh, frankly, years ago. And number one is that Huawei is, is just not your average uh, you know, private company. Uh, it is effectively an extension of the uh, Chinese Communist Party's uh, regime. Um, there are no uh, big uh, conglomerates in, in, in authoritarian regimes such as China or Russia that are you know, just private companies doing, doing business. We see that with the best problem uh, in, in Russia. We see this with the big Chinese uh, companies such as Huawei. So um, by law, they need to, in China, need to sort of uh, uh, provide whatever the uh, necessary access to the Chinese uh, uh, Communist Party and its, its security apparatus 
of anything that they control. So they are effectively a, an arm of, 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 of Chinese uh, government. A government that blackmailed uh, Canada, that sanctioned uh, Canada, that kidnapped uh, Canadians yeah. uh, to Michaels and ho- held them hostage, and also used their political and economic power to punish um, others that uh, they feel uh, that, that offended the regime, uh, from Lithuania to Taiwan to, to Czech Republic to, to elsewhere. Um, so it is important to understand the nature of this government and what it, that means to have uh, a, an authoritarian government that is hostile, that did actually uh, target Canadians and Canadian economy before, to provide a way to influence our uh, very critical infrastructure um, with 5G. And that's the second part. What people don't understand or perhaps sort of uh, have a hard time uh, understanding is 5G is, is, is a lot more than just your phones and, and, and a you know, rapid uh, internet. It is really the digital backbone of the 21st century when it comes to anything from automation uh, to uh, you know, developing Web3 to surveillance to uh, defense to, to, to security, through healthcare, um, et cetera, et cetera. So the, uh, the fact that uh, that will be the basis, that will be really the backbone of the digital economy in the 21st century uh, for Canada uh, is what really makes this, this important. Anywhere from, you know, how you are going to uh, function, uh, how, how, you, how your, your sort of, uh, defense equipment will talk to each other from your F-35s to the satellites to the radar uh, in, in, on, on the bases in real time through these three, uh, 5G networks, etc., are all going to be at play here and that's why it's very important not to have a hostile power uh, have um, a sort of a, a, a hold on uh, on, on our, our critical uh, digital infrastructure so those two things this is going to be extremely important for the next 20 30 years as well as that <clears throat> huawei is an essentially an arm of the chinese communist party uh, makes this decision very very monumental and that's why it should have been taken years and years ago and not this late. Well, and why wasn't it? Maybe that had something to do. You alluded to the, the two Michaels, and I, I think certainly their situation really led to inaction on the government's part on a whole host of issues related to China, this one included. So maybe that gives us part of the answer, but why, why do you think it took this long? I, you know, I think that has been one of the reasons as, as, as forward by, by the government. I don't really find that very um, credible, uh, the particular argument that doesn't... Uh, Change the fact that after two Michaels uh, were uh, was released uh, from cap- captivity, um, and, and the government itself announced that the decision uh, will be coming within weeks, uh, back in September, uh, it doesn't uh, at least uh, you know explain the delay since then. Um, I, to me, it's, it's it's a very big, big puzzling component, but partly it should I think it does reflect uh, this um, reluctance to. Uh, to stand up and, and pay short-term costs for long-term uh, benefits. Uh, yes, that would be, uh, you know, uh, a, a retaliation uh, from China. There will be, uh, you know, response to it. But as Australia show, as as Liz, uh, uh showed, when you stand up to them, yes, you might pay a price in the short term, but in the medium to long term, you're much more uh, resilient, much more robust, and much more safe and secure, defending your national interests and your companies and, and your people. Uh, Canada did not, and Canadian government have been very reluctant to uh, cast aside old illusions about 
how to do business with China and continue to uh, believe that uh, uh, they could just continue with you know, business as usual, despite the increasing aggression and, and hostility the Chinese government is showing towards a rules-based international order, as well as our allies. So that's sort of uh, maybe tend to put it mildly on, on the true nature of, of the Chinese regime, which I think is one of the reasons why we were very reluctant. And the second is, of course, this over-protected, um, over-risk-averse sort of, uh, uh, position, uh, actually putting us uh, in, a, in a worse position uh, in the medium to, to long term. We, don't wanna, we didn't want to pay pennies. Uh, we end up paying you know, uh, dollars instead. Um, so... I think those two are, are the primary reasons why this decision has been um, has been delayed. Do you think there was some pressure from from our allies? Uh, you know that I think they were all waiting to see what we were doing. Obviously, yeah. and certainly from an American perspective, if we were going to partner with Huawei, that might mean that they would have to to make some decisions. So perhaps there was some pressure from our allies. I mean, I I'm pretty sure there was uh, some expectation on our allies, particularly Five Eyes allies, on this and. The, the, this decision that it would be as such that we will follow and, and align with, with our key core allies is actually a sort of a foregone conclusion. The, but delaying this and dragging this actually, I would argue, uh, harm uh, you know, Canadian um, standing uh, in the eyes of our allies. Uh, you know, just you know, a good <laughs> example would probably be the, the you know hearing about the AUKUS deal between you know, U.S., Australia, and, and the U.K. Uh, from the, the news conference, uh, not before, and that is a deal that goes way beyond just nuclear nuclear-powered uh, submarines. It is about really technology uh, sharing and emerging technologies, and it looks like that nobody actually even thought about uh, whether to include Canada or not. Um, so that suggests that in the eyes of our allies, we are you know, not necessarily seen as fully aligned and bringing something to the table and ready to act when everyone else is acting. So that actually harm our standing uh, with, our, with our core allies, and that would have significant uh, negative implications uh, for our security uh, and prosperity down the road. It's interesting because the government has also promised, and, and it's a long-standing promise, that uh, you know the entire China policy was was going to be overhauled. Obviously, this is a decision that needed to be to be made, but th th that, that still doesn't preclude the need to address some of these larger issues. So there's a lot more work to okay. do on this, isn't there? Yes, of course. I mean, we still don't have an Indo-Pacific uh, strategy or a policy document. Uh, forget about a, a distinct China uh, policy document. Just to give you an example, I mean, the Netherlands have an Indo-Pacific strategy, right? The German, Germans are, are putting one out. Uh, Canada is a Pacific country. Um, are not. Uh, we didn't come up with one yet, and it was imminent uh, for the past what two to four months uh, that it was supposed to be out. Um, so I think again we're we're lagging uh, here, uh, and that creates confusion and that creates a disillusionment. I would say among our allies uh, going uh, going forward. So uh, that is another um, uh, you know, sign that uh, unfortunately this government is delaying uh, key decisions as much as possible and only taking them when they absolutely have to, and which is not a, which is not a, a, a good thing uh, for, for Canada going, going forward, uh, defending our prosperity and, and security. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. 
Have a great weekend.